Born on a mountaintop in Tennessee Green estate in the land of the free Raised in the woods so he knew every tree Killed him a bar when he was only three Davy, Davy Crockett Archaeologist-rific episode of Be Kind Rewind. This is your Disney Plus movie podcast. I, of course, am Dan Teets, and I'm joined by not one, but two people in the studio tonight. With me, as always... Carter Hawkins. <laughs> I was... Oh, I'm going to let him go first. <laughs> see, that's an issue with not being able to see all, but uh, uh, I'm also Cliff Chance. <laughs> <sighs> And, Very different introduction right there. <laughs> and we as we are joined by Is It Any Goods Cliff Jantz to give us yes. the official movie-centric view of the movie. So tonight's movie is one that is not actually a Disney movie. Although I believe it is very heavily referenced at... Hollywood Studios, unless they tore it down to build Star Wars Land. And that is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes, we are continuing on with the Han Solo eccentric, or Han Solo centric movies, except it is this time Indiana Jones. We're actually traveling back in time a little bit because the last couple movies that we've covered were in the mid 80s. And this one was actually June the 12th, 1981. Its box office originally did $212.2 million, which is approximately 712.2 in today's dollars. So it's not quite on the same level as um, Star Wars. And I don't really understand it unless it was because this was the first movie in the series. Yeah. So, um... Initial thoughts from you, Cliff, on this movie? Uh, it's one of my favorites. Uh, I love Harrison Ford in this. I thought he's fantastic. I mean, it's one of my first uh, initial movies into the um, action-adventure genre, uh, mm-hmm. that type of thing. But I remember watching it as a young kid. I, at the same time, as much as I loved it as a young kid, there are several things that absolutely terrified me Yeah, about it, especially when we get talking towards the end um, I think we all know what scenes we're talking about here but uh, you know he was just a great character to root for he was a teacher that was a badass if you understand what, if you know what I'm talking about yeah Kyra initial thoughts um so I think I've seen this once all the way through before I watched it this week um like, my dad had it on a lot when I was young, but 
I was like playing. I wasn't paying attention really. I was kind of familiar with it, but I didn't really remember much about the story. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Now I think. Well, we're talking early '80s, so I would have been five. So it would have been a little bit early for me to actually have seen it in the theaters. It was something that anytime that I saw it was on, I'd sit down and watch it. I also had only seen it once in its entirety prior to um, this week. And that was when Fathom Events or Retro Cinema or whatever you want to call it for the movie theaters had it in the theater. So I actually got to see it on on the big screen when it came out or when it came back. Oh, you actually you've seen it on the big screen. I yes. still haven't done that. Yeah, that, that it's actually it's a it's an awesome display of the things that cinema was known for back in the eighties. I, I think yeah, I think this one and Back to the Future two were two of the best that I've seen in the retro set. So, and I have a feeling they're probably well, no, it was June, so they wouldn't have just brought it out unless they just didn't promote it as heavily as it. Now, if you've been living under a rock and don't know anything about this movie, we will let you pause the, pause the podcast right now. Go queue up Disney. We'll wait two hours and wait for you to come back. And welcome back. So, my first thought on the actual movie was looking at the um, credits. And for some reason, I forgot that Alfred Molina was in this movie for about a minute and a half. Oh, yeah. A very young Alfred Molina. But he actually got a credit in the movie for his being a traitor to Indy, which kind of made me laugh with the way that he actually got his come up. It's, I'm sorry, my my um, snowballs falling apart on me tonight. <laughs> so I also liked the fact that we actually didn't get to see Indy's face until three minutes and 18 seconds into the movie. Because it's always his back or his feet or his legs or the other people that you saw their faces on. But you didn't see his face until three minutes in. So if you were sitting down to this cold and didn't know who it was, and then when you actually saw Han Solo up on the screen, <laughs> or whatever his um, role was, wasn't he in American Graffiti? Yes. Okay. I think he was Han Solo before this. Like, he was Han yeah. Solo twice before this, too. Yeah, but if but if you went in and didn't know that Harrison Ford was in it, and then all of a sudden he turns around, you're like, I've seen that guy somewhere. What, what, what was he in? And and now, 40-plus years later, this is he's done five movies, one of which we don't ever want to talk about. Yeah, and I still haven't seen the fifth one, so I don't know if I want to talk about that one yet or not. Okay. Oh, um, Indiana Jones and the Wheelchair of Destiny? Yes. Okay. So, the movie kicks off with... Indy looking for a little gold statue and he walks up after carefully avoiding a couple of traps and he grabs several handfuls of sand and then they walk in, avoid a couple other traps and then he walks up to the to the idol that you see and reaches in and pulls out a handful of sand. Having watched that part more times than I know what to do with, I'm wondering if it would have run differently if he just would have left the sand in. Mm-hmm. You know what? I never actually thought of that. Like, he, maybe he set the trap off himself by doing that. Yeah, but, and that's why I'm just like, Indy, you messed up. Yeah, why'd you do that? Yeah. But he sets off the trap, which in turn causes the big boulder that if you have been to MGM Studios, now Hollywood Studios, you see that in the Indiana Jones Stunt Spectacular. Actually, Crush Steve in the Full House episode. And I'm just I'm just throwing out all the all the episodes tonight with this. 
Because... Oh, I've got for you. Okay. Um, so, like, this scene is iconic, mm-hmm. but I forgotten about it like I just I mean it just doesn't like live at the front of my mind so um when I first saw it I kind of like did a little like shriek yelp (laughs) I pointed at the tv like that gif of Leonardo DiCaprio from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood like hey and I realized like this is so much better executed than the same scene with like a fireball in the black hole (laughs) yeah i oh my gosh i that was the first thing i thought of which i that wouldn't be the case if i hadn't watched that weird movie for this podcast so i had a good laugh there at this part of the movie that wasn't funny at all well and see they actually parodied it in uhf with weird al oh really but weird al doesn't make it out of the cave he gets squished (laughs) because <laughs> it's it's a total parody, and it's like, oh, okay. So wow, you are pulling out some references here. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I haven't seen that movie oh, forever as well. Yes, well, that was actually one of the first movies that I ever watched on um, Amazon Prime when I first got it. Because I was just scrolling through, and I'm like, well, let's see if it holds up. And surprise, surprise, Weird Al always holds. Yes. So, regardless, Indy makes it out, jumps through a spider web that I don't think was there when he went in. So, well, before we get to there, we have the first iconic of him reaching under a closing door to grab mm-hmm. something. Only it wasn't the uh, the hat that's referenced in so many things. It was the whip. Yeah, and. So he's running down, he's setting off traps left and right, and Alfred Molina meets his doom because he doesn't listen to what Andy tells him on the way in and walks into the light. Yes, he watches he doesn't watch the light and he gets executed for that. And so we make it down and Indy is being pursued by millions and millions and millions of Jovitos, of which I'm wondering how many were actually legitimate South American people, which if it had to be remade today, how many white people would have lost a job on them? <laughs> yeah, I that, that hadn't occurred to me until you said it just now, but you would think they would have included some information at the start of this, but they don't really like do anything disparaging towards the cultures represented in the film. So maybe they felt it wasn't necessary, but yeah, I wonder now that you mention it, how many of those people were really from there or have that heritage. And so he turns over the idol, and I think we we skimmed, we skimmed over that to the protagonist or the antagonist of the movie because he rears his head several times until he dies at the end. Spoiler for somebody that hasn't watched it, we're sorry. Once again, we told you to stop the podcast and go watch it. So uh, the spoiler warning is implied, my friends. <laughs> yeah, or maybe that's forty years old now. Yeah. And did either of you actually catch the name that was on the um, seaplane? Uh-uh. Air Pirates. Hmm. Yeah. And this is where we get introduced to Indy's fear of snakes because of the pilot's pet snake, Reggie. And then he returns home to, I'm not sure what, probably an Ivy League college. Does it actually... Do we actually get that in any of the movies, what college he's teaching at? I guarantee you they do, and right now we're probably going to get yelled at in the comments (laughs) for not knowing off the top of our head. Yeah, and we come back, and we see that Indy is a heartthrob dreamboat with a 90% archaeological society made up of women. Yes. And then and then the couple of token guys that walk out and 
Kyra, since you are the one female on this podcast, can you explain to me how you write love you on your eyelids? I guarantee you if I tried to do that, it would end up backwards. <laughs> um, probably the trick is to have a makeup artist do it. Um, but I guess you could say that she probably did it in the mirror. Um, I just, I know that I would end up goofing that up pretty bad. But it made me laugh so much. Yeah, and in case you didn't know, brave listeners, I listen to podcasts a lot, which is how Kyra and I actually got together to start with. And I want to say that in the original script for this movie, Indy was even more of a, pardon the phrase, but horndog. <laughs> because he was actually in his house with a co-ed when the guy comes in to talk to him about the um the the um arc they changed that yes and that um, may be why there was two glasses of for the champagne i'm glad they changed that cuz i i think that would have i mean that's not necessary at all but i'm skipping ahead the U.S. government decides to try to hire Indy to have him steal the Ark of the Covenant before Hitler decides that he wants to. And Indy actually got his history wrong concerning the Ten Commandments. Because I don't think, of course, I wasn't there and I never actually looked in the Ark of the Covenant. But I think when... Moses broke the broke the original commandments. He went back up and God rewrote them. Indy said that that Moses put the original Ten Commandments, or the Israelites put the Ten Commandments in the Ark, the broken ones. So. But, um, I was. I got a chuckle when Indy actually pulled chalk out of his jacket pocket to start writing on the actual um, chalkboard. And as a teacher, I don't think I've ever had chalk in a pocket. I know I've had um, Expo markers because we write on right we write on whiteboards nowadays. But after he sets the U.S. people straight. We cut to his house where we see the champagne and the two glasses. And the dean tells him that they took the bait. And Indy promptly jumps and starts getting ready. And throws his whip and his gun and his hat. And that's about it. Into his bag. That's all he needs. Yeah. So it kind of made me wonder how he had different clothes during the rest of the movie. Maybe he just keeps a go bag. Like, maybe there were already clothes there. He didn't know people, so... This this is true. He drinks and he knows people. (laughs) But I had no clue that Pan Am actually had seaplanes back in the 30s. Because Pan American was the airline of choice for all of these Indiana movies. Not only this one, but the next one that we're going to be talking about, Temple of Doom. Both of them he flew on Pan Am, God rest their soul, or whatever they became when they merged with another company. Wait, in Temple of Doom, when does he do that? Because I thought he just got on a, uh, but we'll get to Temple of Doom, we'll get to Temple of Doom, I'm jump <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of jumping the gun on it too, but when, but to pull it back, it's when he actually gets on the flight from... I think when he comes home before he goes to, um, I'm, I might be misremembering it, but I could have swore that I saw a Pan Am logo somewhere on the, on like the. No, because um, that one's uh, the one in that ship is related to something Star Wars. I want to say something Kenobi based, but I, I'm not gonna 100% confirm that. Okay. So I'm not gonna get yelled at in those comments. <laughs> But I'm pretty sure it has something to do with Kenobi is the name of something on the side of that yeah. plane in Temple of Doom. So, getting back to Raiders, the secondary bad guy is sitting in the back of the same plane. And he has a Life magazine with a picture of Hitler drinking champagne on it. Yep. And so, Indy 
travels off to find Marion, and she is living in a very remote place, I think in um, Nepal, probably at the base of the of Mount Everest would be about what I, what I would think. And so jump ahead, her bar burns down. Indy and her go off to find the Ark of the Covenant because her dad had died and it had left her the the thing that told her where it told them where to find the Ark. But the secondary bad guy does not realize that there's writing on both sides of the of the sigil. And so from there we actually jump to Egypt where we see a little monkey do a sig heil. So weird. I thought that was so weird. Let's let you know he's working with the it's the foreshadow that he's not friendly as they think he is. Yeah. Yeah. It it took me a minute like I didn't see it as foreshadowing honestly until it was shadowed unshadowed until it yeah. was revealed. <laughs> it was post shadowed after the pre shadowing of the foreshadowing. Yeah, something like that. So Marion gets quote unquote kidnapped and this chase scene is vaguely reminiscent of the chase scenes that Disney was doing during this time because it yeah. went on way too long. Yeah, I made note of that. Like, this is a, a long chase scene. Um, and it was, like, funnier than I thought it was going to be. Like, her hitting the guy with the skillet was so funny. Like, I mean, you don't see it on camera, but that made me laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, like, some of those deaths were so comical. Uh, the guy, like, with his machete or whatever getting ready to fight. And Indiana Jones just pulls out his gun and shoots him. It's like, whoa, that was cold. Um, well, uh, somebody reminded me of something on Facebook when I, I I put that video on Facebook. This like Han always shoots first, and somebody reminded me. I, I think when that scene was filmed, uh, Harrison Ford had like the flu, mm-hmm. so he didn't film like he didn't feel like doing an actual fight scene there. So he just had him kind of be like, all right. Well, he's going to do all this stuff with the sword. You just pull out your gun and shoot him. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure that's the story behind that scene. Well, I loved it. It made me laugh out loud. Yeah, that 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 part always gets me. And if it's on, I will rewind it if I have the ability to. Just because, I mean, yeah. It's like you said, Han fires first. And yeah. now that we know that they're making alterations to the Star Wars trilogy to make it look like he is less of a bad guy than he actually is. I knew you'd come my way at some point. <laughs> well, I'm, <laughs> um, I'm, not, I'm not confirming nor denying. <laughs> so, the truck that they think that Marion is on tips over and blows up real good and of course what does um indy do he goes to a bar and starts to get drunk mm-hmm. and the antagonist shows up and starts talking to him about how you are both two sides of the same coin and you can join me and together we will rule the wait no that's not that movie <laughs> And so he says something about the Ark of the Covenant was a radio for speaking to God. And I never actually thought about it like that. But. I hadn't either. Uh, I just hadn't ever considered that. Like, is that true? I know they were, like, the Israelites were carrying around all their important things and you weren't. Supposed like only certain people could touch it or look inside or whatever. But um, I, I guess for the movie that makes sense. Reality, yeah. yeah, like, I'm not sure that was right. But um, I just 
was going with the flow with the movie, so I was like, oh, okay, sure. It they thought it was gonna get, like give them some kind of power yeah. to win the war or whatever. So okay. Well, and um, I'm I'm revealing my comic book nerd geekdom here, but the there was a um. During the early 40s, the way that DC actually kept the superheroes, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, I think Flash, all of them away from Hitler and just going in and knocking him out like Captain America did, was they actually gave him the Spear of Destiny, which happened to be some mythical, mystical thing that I think... It was, was I think the, uh... This tip, it was this tip of the spear that stabbed, uh, they stabbed Jesus with. There we go. Oh, okay. That's according to the Constantine movie. <laughs> yeah. Yes, which is also a DC comic book. Yeah. So, yeah, and so, I mean, it's not far afield, because if you go down the very dark, deep rabbit hole, Hitler was trying to get all kinds of occult stuff during this time to get a edge on the um on the americans and whoever else was in the war which we're talking 36 so it was just him at this point in time but so the altercation between the protagonist and the antagonist gets broken up by sala's nine children coming up and whisking off uncle indy and this is where we find out that the monkeys holder is working for the Nazis because he comes in and poisons the dates, mm-hmm. which I don't understand why he didn't just pour the, pour the poison into the drink yeah. instead of pouring it on the on the dates and killing the monkey. And I don't know. Did it say no animals were harmed in the making of this film at the end? <laughs> I bet it I didn't want to credit, so I'm going to guess yes. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to have to trust him. Well, that's him, a normal monkey. Who wants to kill that monkey? Yeah. It wasn't Disney in the, like, 60s and 70s, so they're probably safe. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't Disney at this time either, because Disney really had nothing to do with this. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I just meant, like, we've talked about other movies where um, they put animals in, like, real danger for entertainment. So, I mean, I wouldn't put it past Disney, but it's, you know, we've progressed a little in our yeah. movie watching since then. Yeah. So, Sala comes and tells Indy that he knows a guy that knows how to read the sigil, and they go and find him. And this is where we find out that the bad guys are digging in the wrong place. And we cut to the dig site, which when I saw this, and I'm sorry, this is going to be another movie reference. This reminded me of the where they found the Stargate for the original Kurt Russell Stargate movie. It was vaguely reminiscent, but somehow I think they knew where to dig for that. This one, they were kind of, Indy was there at the right time. And I was wondering why he didn't put the staff in the actual hole that the... Um, Nazis put it in? Or was that because it wasn't the same date? I mean, it wasn't the same date. So, Sala and Indy hire a crew, and they're all walking off like they're Arabs, I guess you would call them at this point in time, for lack of being culturally sensitive. I believe and, so, yeah. And they dig, and... Well, one thing, I, I had a question about the dig site, is, like, when he's, like, looking through it, like he's surveying it, and he doesn't go that far away from where the Nazis are. Yeah. So like, I've always kind of questioned how the Nazis didn't see them digging, maybe or just over a football field away from where they were digging. Yeah. And but I always had like that was one of the things I always had an issue with. And that that's a that's a very good point, and they don't seem to see it until the next morning after they're pulling the ark out. And, of course, Indy's left down there, because otherwise we wouldn't have a little bit of angst about what's going to happen to Indy. Will he die? Will he live? Of course he's not going to die, because there's still however long left in the film. 
and we aren't going to have Sala as the main character, although that wouldn't be a bad movie. No. I mean, young Gimli. I mean, we're talking about uh, young Alfred Molina. Yeah. We also have a very young Gimli right here. Yeah. So, Indy and, of course, Marion both get locked in the tomb. And they literally have to go through the Well of Souls to get out. Yeah. And, and count on Indy to knock an Anubis into the wall and start digging their way out. And this is where the movie kind of picks up. And I realize that we're probably got like 30 minutes left in the movie at this point in time. So they got to get things kicking. But... Indy fights a former wrestler, professional wrestler, who is the bald-headed guy that also is in um, Temple of Doom. And Wait, it's the same character? It's the same actor? Same actor. And I think no, he was also in um, The Last Crusade. I don't know if he, if he gets beat up in that one, but he was a Gestapo character in that one. So this is, I, I think I'm lost, but we're talking about the, the guy who um, makes friends with the plane propeller? Yes. yes. Yeah? Okay. When you said he was in the next movie, I was like, wait, that can't be right. But not <laughs> He got same, better. Um, unless there's like, what a scratch. like mummy situation going on. Um, this... It's like I watched this movie with Austin and um, he was like kind of laughing at me because I like as soon as I saw that they were going to be fighting around the plane, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm nervous. Like I I, I thought this, this isn't safe. Like this is not going to end well for someone. Um, and then, of course, that happens. Keaton was watching, too. And she was like, oh, my goodness. Um, but I mean, at least it happened to a Nazi. Yeah, it, it I, it's still like I knew it was probably coming, and then it what then nothing happened with it for a while, but then it finally did, and I had nothing left in me, but like to laugh from all of the tension of this scene. Uh, Austin at one point was like, um, "It's Indiana Jones. He's not going to die." <laughs> it's like I know, but there's a propeller right there. And then that happened. We, I, I laughed. Keaton like kind of scream laughed. I don't know why it was funny, except that we were both just nervous. Yeah, and it's at this point that we've also got a um, oil fire going on in Egypt, and the Marion's trapped in the plane. Yeah, Marion's trapped in the plane, and we have the unsuspecting Nazi henchman. Not even realizing that anything's going on until all of a sudden things start exploding and he's like, get the Ark on a, on a truck and get it out of here. Like, Why didn't you start that to, to start with? Because the plane that was going around in a circle during this whole time, I don't think it was big enough to hold the Ark. Unless it would have been underneath. No, I think that was just like a, an airfield for them. Not necessarily a uh, transport. Like a way to get it out of there. Yeah. And so after things start exploding, the Nazis load the tr- load the Ark onto a truck, and of course Indy takes off on a horse because Indiana, and that's what he does. Mm-hmm. And I, it's like we kind of just jump to him getting on the horse too. Like he's like, well, yeah. I'll figure out a way. And the next thing you know, he's already. And he's like, you don't question it because Harrison Ford just plays. The badass so well that's like yeah mm-hmm. I, I I believe that he can get on that get to a horse without anybody seeing him. Yeah, and so he gets on the horse, takes off, and he's got all these Egyptians, Arabs, whatever cheering for him for for some reason. Or I don't know if they uh, I don't know. they are probably cheering, but he takes off, gets on board the um truck, starts kicking butt. Knocking people off, knocks the driver out, commandeers a truck, starts going to try to run over the lead car that somehow got in front of everybody before they got out on the road. 
And we have our, we have our customary Wilhelm scream during this during this truck <laughs> chase. And I didn't realize that this chase scene was as long as it was. This was another thing that just seemed to go on and on. And I misremembered it as being, oh, well, he gets on the truck and then they take off for the airfield or whatever. And, but he, they actually don't even get to an airfield. They take it to a shipyard where a very trustworthy captain appears. <laughs> Yeah. And of course, Marion makes him feel better. Well, or right after hitting him with the uh, the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's bonk and he starts showing her the places where the where it doesn't hurt. And of course, we fade to black and the next thing we know, the ship stopped. And oh, but we forgot. Indy fell asleep after the kiss. Sure, yeah, that's what happened. But he was <laughs> snoring. Yeah, he, he was snoring. He, he was. I'm he sure, was. I'm sure he was woken up pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 it kind of hit me because I'm like, well, if he was snoring, how did she end up in a state of undress the next morning <laughs> in their twin bed? So yeah, it's a fa- it's a family movie, guys. Yeah, we can't show everything. Yeah. Honestly, I didn't even notice that. I just was like, yeah, he's asleep. <laughs> but one of the one of the best special effects of the movie was after he goes to sleep, which is what we're going to call it, because that's what the kids <laughs> call it nowadays, is we cut to the Ark of the Covenant in the um, hold, and you just see God, for lack of a better term, burning off the swastika and the whole German emblem and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but then the next morning when they haul it up, it looks like it's been scribbled out with a um, Sharpie. And I didn't realize that until I started rewatching. I'm like, um, somebody messed up on the special effects. Yeah. So yeah, when I saw it, it just looked like a burn, burn scorch. But I guess now I gotta rewatch it and look at it closer. So, the Germans got to the boat, and the captain, of course, being a fine, upstanding fellow that he is, tells them that he killed Indiana because the woman would make for some good nights, for lack of a better term. Since this is a family-friendly podcast. And, of course, our um, antagonist is like, no, she's coming off with me. And yeah, he's supposed to be a nice antagonist. Yes. Yeah, I mean, he just happens to be working for the Nazis. Uh, and his name is Belloc, by the way. Yes. I just like saying antagonist. It makes me sound smarter than I actually am tonight. <laughs> yeah. Because, honestly, he's not really a villain. He's really just a guy going to where the paycheck is the paycheck and that's with the Nazis unfortunately so so then we get to my main problem that I have with this entire film and I think y'all probably know what I'm talking the Nazis are on board a U-boat yep Indiana Jones does not get in the boat he is up on top of the U-boat when it takes off and the next thing that we see is they are pulling up on the deserted island and he is soaking wet so did the u-boat submerge did it just ride on the top of the waves or how did he survive or did, did he ne- did he never dry off from swimming over to the well actually I, n- I never thought about that that's a that's a very good possibility because we don't know how long the trip was to the to the island yeah. but I, I still i thought the same thing to be honest with you so the so Belloc wants to take the Ark up to a mountain to do a Jewish ritual, so that way they make sure that the Ark works. And Indy trails along, and somehow he gets his hand on a um, rocket-propelled grenade launcher, or a rocket launcher, and threatens to blow up the Ark. And count on Belloc to appeal to the Indy to the archaeologist in Indy to not blow up the ark. 
And so we fast forward to that night, which I, I don't know why they decided to do the ritual at night, unless it made for better TV because they had a film crew and everything like that filming. And everything was good and fine until the German decides to reach inside the Ark and pull out the sand. And this is where the angels, spirits, whatever you want to call it, start coming out and pretty much lay waste to everybody except for Marion and Indy because they didn't look because Indy kind of knew what was going to happen because he's read his Bible since then, I guess. Yeah, you yeah, mentioned something earlier about looking into it. Yeah, I thought, like... I don't really remember, but I, I mean, I don't think I've seen the movie that his dad is in, but I thought I remembered reading somewhere that, like, that's, like, he knew about that from his dad or something. Mm -hmm. And so somehow, of course, Indy and Marion make it, the ropes get burned off of their arms, the arc is resealed. Can I, can I say something real quick? The, yes, the one, sir. the secondary villain. Yes, I, sir. I just I want to go back to how I felt as a child. Because <laughs> watching him, I'm looking up his name. He is Arnold Toft. He's a Gestapo yes. agent. I'm like I remember seeing him. Like yeah, I was like, man, he has a weird face. And then when that scene happened, when they opened the art, like hit, like watching, like all the other ones kind of caught fire. They like focused on his face, just melt away. Mm-hmm. And that scene, that's when I we were earlier. I was like, that's the scene that terrified me as a kid, because mm-hmm. like his face is like one of those faces. Like it just worked, and it was like even with those eighty special effects, it was so creepy and terrifying. Even watching it now, I'm like, I still remember how I felt as a kid. Mm-hmm. So, so I just wanted to, uh, that was something I wanted to bring up, and just like, but at the same time, like he's a Nazi, so you should be happy. <laughs> Type of thing. You know, it's just so creepy how they were able to make his face look the way they did with those special effects back in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's still the kind of thing that freaks me out even now. Yeah. yeah the, no. the three up close death scenes in this are, I mean, if you know that they're coming, they still shake you. Yeah. Yeah. So gruesome. And so after everybody dies and somehow Indy and Marion get the get the Ark back into the box and it gets shipped off to Washington. And I don't know if y'all ever watched the, the TV show Warehouse 13. Mm-mm. No. Well, the Warehouse 13 is the 13th warehouse of all artifacts of everything... From, like, Houdini's chains to different things that are supernatural, but not really. So it's the way that the warehouse is set up, it kind of reminded me of Warehouse 13. Because it's basically put into the back of a warehouse never to be mentioned again. Yeah. And then we have the credits. So, U.S. wins. Yay. Are you looking for anything that was missed, Kyra? I see you looking over at your notes. Oh, yeah, I was just like, I thought I threw, I had something else in there, but um, I didn't like that last car chase. The longer it went on, the I could feel myself starting to check out uh, until someone like flew over a cliff, and then I was like, oh, wow, this one has real stakes. Um <laughs> And then for some reason, like, I laughed out loud when, like, one of the guys, like, on, I think he was, like, on a car or one of the trucks in the chase, like, his hat flew off. And I don't know why that was so funny, but it took me out of the moment totally. Hmm. I had to see the movie because I was laughing a lot. But the warehouse full of crates um, was, like, such a cool shot, and I wanted to know what all was in there. Yeah. Now, didn't they reference that in one of the other movies, or am I thinking of something else, Cliff? Um, well, they definitely didn't do reference it in Temple of Doom because yeah. Temple of Doom takes place before this, mm-hmm. and um, they might have referenced. 
the same time, they don't really know because it's the American government. Like they, that's one of the things they kind of hint at is like, oh, it's in better hands than it's in the American government's hands. So like, Andy doesn't know exactly what's in there. Because mm-hmm. honestly, at the time, that warehouse is probably kind of like Area Fifty One. We don't know what's going on anywhere mm-hmm. for him. So, but I don't think they reference anything else. As far as Last Crusade goes, they may have done it in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull because he may have been able to be like be more part of the American government in that one. But yeah. again, that's one we don't talk about, so I don't remember. Well, we will cover that one in about fifteen years if it's still on Disney Plus and they don't wipe it from existence. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't wiped it from existence yet, so it'll yeah. still be there. <laughs> Hopefully, they improve uh, the gophers CGI gophers at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! I mean, I don't know what I'm talking about. I've never seen that movie. <laughs> I honestly wish that I would not have watched that movie. It was, one, it was one of them that I think I fell asleep during 20 minutes of, and don't think I missed anything. Nah, I remember a buddy of mine, not to get off topic from this one, but that's a story. Like we saw that movie, and that was 2008 when it came out, and we were like, "Oh god, it's gonna set the uh, set the stakes for the rest of the movies coming out this summer." And that was the summer Dark Knight came out. We were like, oh, I hope they didn't mess up that sequel. And luckily for me, as a Batman fan, they did not. But I remember, like, we left that theater like, what did we just watch? And is that going to set the tone for the rest of the summer movies? Yeah, and I actually, I didn't watch Crystal Skull until, I want to say, a couple of years ago. Because I think they had it on Netflix, and it was getting ready to go away or something. And I was like, well, I got nothing better to do on a Saturday afternoon. Let me go ahead and... I have I have no I have no doubt that when I actually get to that movie on the rewatch, it will be one of the worst movies for that year. Yeah, and you're going to turn out it's going to find out you did have something better to do that afternoon. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, did we miss anything that you had on your notes, Cliff? Um, I think there's one scene I want to talk about, but I cannot remember what it was because <laughs> uh, I didn't write it down, but. No, for the most part, we went over everything. Yeah. All right. Well, this is actually our first of, of course, three movies that we're going to be covering probably in the next. I'm back. What's going on with my computer? <gasps> I see a cliff. I know. Now I, I know. I, like my computer keeps like reloading, so I know I was in the middle of what I was saying. But no, I think we went over a good bit of what I wanted to go over with this. So mm. I hope that don't screw up the podcast with no. me cutting out right there, but. No, I, I, you, you didn't cut out, because we, we got that, and then we see you, and now it's time to say goodbye. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, my, my thing keeps like reloading, I don't know what's going on with my computer, but right. this was a well, good talk, I enjoyed talking about this one, so. Well, if you like Indiana Jones, we will be back in two weeks with another Indiana Jones film, because fortunately for Disney putting this on their Pantheon, even though it is a Paramount movie, which... Don't understand. Not going to try to understand anything anymore. Because I think well, Disney owns Lucas the films. world by now. Yeah. Yep. Um, but we will be back in two weeks to talk about Temple of Doom. So that is your homework for the next episode. We will have a um, throwback episode next week. And then we will be back to talk more Indiana goodness. So if you want to yell at us, tell us what we got wrong. Tell us the things that we missed that probably should have been covered during this, you can write to us at BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. As always, the DMP stands for Disney Movie Podcast. You can rate us, review us, tell us we stink on any um, streaming service because we are all over the place. And, as is always the custom, until we talk again, stay safe, stay hungry, And stay out of... I can't even think of anything tonight. It's one of those nights. Stay out of a market in Egypt on a Saturday afternoon. Talk to y'all later. I was about to say stay out of the Temple of Doom, but that's the wrong movie. We're not there yet. (laughs) Well, there's our close then. Thank you for listening. You can send us feedback at BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. We welcome any kind of feedback, and it might get read on the air in a future podcast. 
Once again, the email address is BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. If you have a moment, please rate and review our podcast on whatever streaming service you are listening to us on. This and word of mouth are the two ways to help us reach a larger audience. Thank you in advance for doing this. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you have a great day. Goodbye. I knew you were coming before I did. Seem to know everything. You couldn't tell me what they want. Well, what do I want to see them for? What am I, in trouble? Yeah, Dr. Jones, we've heard a great deal about you. Have you? Professor of archaeology, expert on the occult, and uh, how does one say it? Obtainer of rare antiquities. One way of saying it. Why don't you sit down? You'll be more comfortable. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, you're a man of many talents. Uh, you studied under Professor Ravenwood at the University of Chicago. Yes, I did. You have no idea of his present whereabouts? Uh, well, just rumors, really. Somewhere in Asia, I think. I haven't really spoken to him for 10 years. We were friends, but uh, had a bit of a falling out, I'm afraid. Mm. Dr. Jones, now you, you must understand that this is all strictly confidential, right? Eh? I understand. Uh, <clears throat> Yesterday afternoon, our European sections intercepted a, a German communique that was sent from Cairo to Berlin. Now, you see, over the last two now, years, the Nazis have had teams of archaeologists running around the world looking for all kinds of religious artifacts. Hitler's a nut on the subject. He's crazy. He's obsessed with the occult. And right now, apparently, there's some kind of German archaeological dig going on in the desert outside of Cairo. Now, we've got some information here, but we can't make anything out of it, and maybe you can. Tannis development proceeding. Acquire headpiece, staff of Ra, Abner Ravenwood, U.S. Nazis have discovered Tannis. Just what does that mean to you, uh, Tannis? Well, well the city of Tannis is one of the possible resting places of the Lost Ark. The Lost Ark? Yeah, the Ark of the Covenant, the chest the Hebrews used to carry around the Ten Commandments. What do you what mean, do you mean the... Commandments? You're talking about the Ten Commandments? Yes, the actual Ten Commandments, the original stone tablets that Moses brought down out of Mount Harab and smashed, if you believe in that sort of thing. Did you guys ever go to Sunday school? Well, I... Oh, look. The Hebrews took the broken pieces and put them in the Ark. When they settled in Canaan, they put the Ark in a place called the Temple of Solomon in Jerusalem, where it stayed for many years until all of a sudden, whoosh, is gone. 